0: Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the B&G writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience.
1: Hey, are you done yet? We're gonna start the show! Yeah. Mm. Everyone's fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 153. I'm host Mark Allred. This show is sponsored by VetOnline.ag, and uh, we're recording on November 9th, 2019. Heather Ingerson with me, right to my side. How's it going, Heather?
0: All right, nothing. Just you know, kicking tea around.
1: <laughs> kicking tea around my uh, my house. So no no worries at all. Um, got. A Pretty jam packed show for you this evening, this afternoon, sorry. We're confused because it's Saturday and we're not. Yeah, confused. yeah, we're doing this a day early because I'm going to be in Providence um, tomorrow covering the Providence Bruins game against the Hartford Wolfpack. And um, so we're going to be doing this a day early, um, but we still have a ton of topics. Oh, I just, I did want to mention before we start that I, I want to say congratulations to our IT guy and, uh, and Boston Bruins writer. Thomas Nyström and his wife Grace on the on the birth of their first child. Oh, congratulations! Beautiful, yes, beautiful baby girl. So congratulations to those guys. Thomas, you're you're the man. He does all our um, images and 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 updates the website when we need it, and, and is always there when I need when I have technical difficulties and I need somebody to reach out to. So uh, congratulations to both of you guys. Uh, can't wait to meet the little bastard. But. <laughs> Um, well, they're married, so technically. Yes, no, that's I'm true. Just kidding. Congratulations, it's a big deal, life changing. Yeah, absolutely. And they bought a house down. I believe it's in Connecticut, so uh, right near ESPN. So I don't know where avenue he's trying to go with that one, but <laughs> uh, you know, everything. Congratulations on everything uh, this year has brought, actually. So, um, I just yeah I want to again mention that this episode one fifty three is sponsored by betonline.ag, Um, So let's just, let's get right into it. Uh, It's going to be one of those busy, busy types of uh, podcasts. So um, last week was not a good week. I I, honestly, I don't think, no, it was not a good week at all. So I'm not a chicken, little, the
0: sky is falling kind of girl, but this week sucked and I wanted to throw up through most of
1: like, Yeah, I don't know what happened. I mean, our offense was there, but it was there to recover in so many situations because you basically got beat. Once you scored a goal, there was a couple teams that just came back and fed it right back at you and you didn't have anything for that. Last night, they looked like shit. Oh, they looked like crap. Yeah. They looked like crap against Pittsburgh.
0: Pittsburgh, they looked like crap. I didn't say that
1: only because, well,
0: obviously, we'll get into it, but you can't let anybody come back three goals on you like I that. Know. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Um, and Montreal, it was actually a pretty clean game. I was like, wow, this is one of the cleanest Like, as for whatever, maybe it was just all respect for them. But just overall, it was like, what is going on? But this goes back to, like, if you look at the numbers, like, and I know plus minus isn't a big deal. But when your top line, that's your bread and butter, right? Uh, Yeah. They start shutting down. And although we have had some secondary scoring continuing, which is great. Yeah. Our defense has sucked defensively. Our offense has sucked defensively. Our defense has sucked offensively overall, and that is not how we play hockey in Boston. And, and that is not why you are off to such a hot start. That being said, calm down. You got to lose some time, right? Yeah, and the goaltending
1: has been subpar. By to say the least. I'm like
0: Tukarask was the top goal. Like now his goals against average has been yeah. ripped to shit. Yeah. Like.
1: So, All right, anyways, we'll get into it. Sorry. I'm not, we are big fans of uh, the, the Halak and Rask uh, Vin, um, Jennings hunt. But yeah. this week, they were not even close to being involved. But anyway. And their defense when everything else is also. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. But there's some of those goals that, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> so,
0: let's go. Let's go Monday.
1: All right, so starting on Monday, November 4th versus Pittsburgh at TD Garden. Yaroslav Halak was in goal. Uh, The first period, Jake DeBruff scores his third of the season unassisted at the 524 mark to give the Bees a 1-0 lead. Brad Marshawn scores his ninth of the season from Pasternak and Chara at the 1305 mark of the first. That'll do it for the first period, goal scoring for the Boston Bruins. Entering the second period, David Pasternak scores his 14th of the season from and Carlo at the 422 mark and then the wheels f- fell off uh starting at the 535 mark of the middle frame having the penguins own the rest of the period scoring the next four goals giving them a four to three lead going into the final period at td garden
0: could have been some f-bombs going on after oh that
1: yeah oh i, I know there's a couple f-bombs here when i was watching but anyway uh the third period the bruins wiped away a terrible thought of the second period and the provident uh, i'm sorry and the penguins four goal effort that that period uh, had and they came to dominate the rest of the game um, starting at the 814 mark of the the third period defenseman Tori Crew gets his second of the season from Marchand and Krejci Brad Marchand gets his tenth goal of the, of the second second of the game well, I, I'm all messed up. Uh, finally, the Patrice Bergeron scores his seventh of the season, and and Cre- from Krejci and Marshan. Wow, that was so bad. Uh, final score six to four. The Boston Bruins. Jaroslav Halak stopped forty or forty-four. And first star of the game, which I tried to get to in that previous paragraph. Uh, Brad Marchand ends the game with two goals, three assists, five points. So good on him. But still, I mean, you got the win six to four. But geez, I mean.
0: Even if you consider Pittsburgh, like, obviously, you're not, this isn't against Detroit, but clearly, when you're looking at the Pittsburgh game on Monday versus the Detroit game on Friday, Pittsburgh is a formidable opponent, you know, like, they've been the, one of the dominating forces in the last 15 years, so even when they're not on their game, and they've been kind of on and off this year a little bit, they're finding their groove, you can't fucking let up three goals. No. <clears throat> to the no, penguins and third they're lucky that they we're lucky they didn't score six goals on us on the second period right. that's how bad it was right. like ugh, <laughs> ugh, like i can't like it was so and I, I they've been playing hard i'm not trying to be mad at them everyone's a lot i mean we won but i don't feel like it was that strong of a win i feel like it was a uh, people getting yelled at in the third period locker room between periods and in the third period get off your ass and do something and they I, I, I'm starting to see some of the habits that we have of like when it starts going kind of self, it just kind of going self. We yeah, talked about this. Uh, unfortunate. The reciprocal of like whatever, and and Tuka, you know, sometimes if it's falling apart in front of him, he's like falls apart because he's like what. Sometimes he stands up and like whatever, but usually it's like people start like it's almost like they're not trusting each it's other. Confidence, like, Yeah, and like we had a lot of young guys on the ice this week, and that doesn't help when all yeah. your veterans are whatever but i just they won but i don't feel like it was a win i feel like it was the beginning of the tumble
1: that we will talk about. i was hoping hoping they get out of it but the very next night on tuesday november 5th and the third game in four nights the uh, against the montreal canadians at the bell center in montreal quebec took a risk the nod and goal uh, on this night in the first period, Montreal gets on the board quick at 113 mark of the uh, opening frame at the Bell Center for a 1-0 lead. Uh, Bruins' David Pasternak ties the game at 1 with his 15th goal of the year on the power play from Krug and Bergeron. Montreal would finish the first period scoring two more goals, giving them a 3-1 lead. Second period, Bruins' defenseman Connor Clifton scores his first goal of the year at the seven one- seventeen mark of the second frame, assisted by Zach Seneshin. Uh, Bruins would get closer to, with another second period goal from Anders Bjork, who scored his second of the year, assisted by McAvoy and Seneshin. Uh, Montreal would uh, have the last laugh at the end of the second period, giving them a 4-3 lead at the 18.55 mark. Going to the third period, the Bruins would come back to tie the game at four with Sean Corrales' first of the season, assisted by Wagner at the 3.03 mark. Of the final frame, but Montreal would end up gathering the game winner at the 9:06 mark of the third period, shutting down the Bruins' effort to try to get back in the game. Final score five to four for the home Canadiens. Rast stopped 26 of 31 for the loss. Um, Montreal outshot Boston 31 to 25. 0.839 save percentage. Yeah, not not good. Not good, but uh, more or less it was just that one. That one's tough because it was Montreal. Uh, oh, it's always a you know, and the demons, and we'll we'll talk about that later. And one of the topics I'll add, I forgot to do it because I'm. Let's so... talk
0: about the happy topic though. Captain Zdeno Chára. There you go. 1,500 game, fittingly versus Montreal, I think, uh, with old Coach Claude sitting on the other bench in the very place that he almost killed quote unquote match patch already. I want oh, match patch already, but whatever. Holy shit. Fifteen hundred games. That's a That's lot. A lot of games. That's a, a lot, lot of games. A lot of years. Chara is literally seeing this game go from the old game to the new game. Yep. He has been through the whole entire transition from X amount of goons in your lineup, you know, what when, when everyone had two superstars and a bunch of tough guys that were playing all the other roles. And he's survived. And he actually looks better than a lot of the young kids around him. Not nice. going to lie. And for a 42-year-old gentleman. They always bring up, like, how Tom Brady's, like, old. It's like a joke. I'm like, it should be a new drinking game. How many times will they mention how old Tom Brady is during a football game? Even Tom Brady's like, shut up. We get it. I'm 42. <laughs> Whatever. But Charis, it was nice. I, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I want to throw up thinking about it. The Montreal Canadiens fans... Managed to be class uh, yeah, acts.
1: Yeah, I can't believe that. I was
0: like, I heard them cheering, but I was like,
2: yeah.
0: is that the Montreal fans? Obviously, yeah. or at the Bell Centre. I was quite surprised myself. Very classy yep. Montreal. But I do think that is part of Montreal. Yep. Yes, they're... My, again, I don't care what anyone says. It's not Toronto. It's Montreal is the mortal enemy. But they truly have a sense of history. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike, I think... No offense, Toronto fans. Like, you have a sense of entitlement, even though you haven't done shit. Like, Montreal is the winningest organization ever. They haven't even won one in 20 years, and they st- everybody else still, still has 20 more respect. to go. Yeah. To Right? Because Toronto and Boston are the next ones behind them. We only have six apiece or whatever. So, it's. I think that shows their uh, investment. They are very much the historical yep. team in the league. Uh, even though, you know, you say the original, say whoever. Obviously, teams came in and out before it wasn't. Like what we have today, but what a class act, Montreal. The yeah. one and only time I'm about to take a sip of it to yeah. you. Pink but White that Green. that was really I think especially it was such a big milestone. Shout
1: and, yeah,
0: like I think it was more important and probably Chara was taken aback because it was Montreal, because you know, that's such an important thing, you know, to be in your rival yeah. city and do that. Like you And know. have it
1: and have the fans do that from, from when you mentioned Max Pacioretty back. A little while ago, and that whole incident, these fans called the cops.
0: They wanted him arrested for assault and battery. And,
1: and I heard on several podcasts this week, and I know this is all like you know late news, but um, you know there was several people that, or several sponsors that threatened to pull sponsorships yeah. because that because of what happened. They opened up
0: a criminal investigation. Yeah, I mean, they absolutely. let it go,
1: Charlie You. So, to, for them to do that and, and then just, you know, to acknowledge what Chara has done in his career, um, which is well over 20 years now, you know, it's, 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 it's good. So, it shows class uh, from, a, uh, from an organization that is respected for the history, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. but also as just a wow factor because.
0: I was taken aback just to have been a Boston fan my whole life, and I'm sure the Montreal fans, like Boston, like you see. I can't even look at a Habs civil. Like, I see kids in our area. If I see them in a shower, I'm like, oh, that poor kid. <laughs> Who are your parents? They better be from Quebec because <laughs> this is not there. Um, but, yeah, so that was one special bright light in, I think. Yep. Um, a game, which, again, Montreal, whatever. They have our number, especially in the Bell Center. I knew, you knew it was going to be tough. But, su- sloppiness, again, sloppiness.
1: Yeah, it's tough. And it, and it and it didn't it didn't get any better on Friday. No, oh, no. They, they must have really been tired. That and this is the this Detroit game that we're about to talk about was the game that I thought you can get away from playing three uh, three games in four nights because you had that rest you had two I believe two days rest uh, to go into Detroit and 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 take advantage of a team that is on the bottom of the barrel that has uh, like a four and thirteen record. You know, it's just who's playing exactly how you expect them to play. A lot yeah. of young players figuring it out. But but the other thing is is, is for me and and you know my uh, research guru is looking back at last year. Uh, out of the four games, Detroit beat the Bruins three out of four, mm-hmm. and we so, lost to Ottawa. Yeah, I'm afraid that's gonna happen. Again. So. So, it was just one of those things, like, you know, not only do you have to, like, get your season back in gear from the previous two games, one you won, the other you lost this week, but you also had to, like, let's get back, let's get going, take advantage of a team that's struggling, and they didn't, they failed to do that. So, anyway, uh, on Friday, November 8th, versus Detroit on the road at Little Caesars Arena, uh, pizza for everybody got the starting goal I thought it was good to have him get the you know get back in there after a couple of days of rest and after a tough loss of Montreal but it still wasn't anything good uh, in the first period the Bruins David Krejci gets the Boston Club on the board quickly with his second goal uh, of the season at the 109 mark of the first pe- of the first period assisted by Peter Solark now uh, the Red Wings would go on to score two more for the home team in the end of the period to give them a 2-1 to lead. Uh, the second period the Red Wings start the second off fast with a power play goal at the one thirty mark of the second giving them a 3-1 to lead. But the Bruins forward Patrice Bergeron gets the visiting Boston club closer with his eighth goal of the year assisted by Krug and Krejci. Third period uh, was owned by the Detroit team at Little Caesars and with the goal Scored at the 18-32 mark of the period, giving the Red Wings a 4-3 win. Uh, Rastop 28-31 did not look very good. Uh, and the Wings outshot the Bruins 32-28. The Bruins are still in first place in the Atlantic Division with an 11-3-2 record with 24 points. And in second place in the Eastern Conference, trailing by three points by leading Washington, who have 27 Uh, league ranks, have the B's third behind St. Louis by one point. Um, I just wanted to note, because I double-checked it, because last night I was like,
0: dude, Torrey Krug scored that goal, not Patrice Bergeron. And they did actually go back, and Krug's now got the credit. I looked at it this morning to double-check. Did I say
1: Bergeron? No, it?
0: you said Bergeron because Bergy was originally credited with it. I just want to let you know when I double checked this morning, they had switched it and they credited Crew. They didn't
1: do it on the Boston Bruins website because that's where I got my. No, no, on. yeah,
0: I know, and I checked a couple different ones just because you know they don't necessarily update. It was only last night. Um, Because I remember during the game, I was like, okay, whatever, I'm not mad at Patrice Bergeron. But I was like, Tori just scored that goal because I was in the back of the restaurant. And I was like, yeah, Tori. And then Tori that I work with was like, what? Like, you know, because it's a running (laughs) joke. I call her Tori Krug. Tori with an I, Tori with an EY, you know. So. But I just wanted just, they actually did go back and then they credited Krug with the goal from Krejci and Pasternak, which I don't know how thank you for that correction
1: i appreciate that it was
0: not so much correcting you but just like i said the stat list i just
1: and i knew i knew it too but you know me the the 11th hour planner and getting everything ready i I just just, because i
0: had bergeron down originally too because that's who because when everyone's celebrating they're like bergeron i'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) that's weird because i thought that was 47 not 37 but whatever not trying to take anything away from me i just I want credit where credit is due. No, I I'm just kidding. I completely
1: understand. I completely understand. Uh, but moving forward, we do have to talk about the upcoming week as the papers are flying everywhere in the studio. Um, but the uh, the Boston Bruins do have four games coming up this week. And if you want to take any action on any of these games, placing a bet is so easy with show-sponsored betonline.ag. The Boston Bruins and AHL Providence Bruins are fully involved in their respective 2019-20 regular seasons, so placing a wager on any professional sport in Boston or worldwide has never been more exciting than with the great folks at BetOnline.ag. You can place a wager on action in the AHL, NHL, baseball, basketball, football, NASCAR, and many other prof- popular professional sports. And guess what? Because you're loyal listeners to the Black & Gold Hockey Podcast and CLNS media content, we're giving you 50 a 50% bonus onto your sports betting bankroll when you go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. This added bonus is only for your first ever deposit, and the best part is the bonus is added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our Black & Gold Hockey Podcast by going to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Please remember, a minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. Don't sit on the sidelines during your favorites Boston sports seasons. Get in all the action with BetOnline.ag, your online sports wagering experts. Good read, my friends. Ah, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. But anyway, um, the upcoming week... Uh, is going to be busy. There's four games, and I don't know how many nights, but uh, we're going to talk about it right now. So because we're doing the show on Saturday, November 9th, I'll be in Providence, as mentioned, covering the Providence-Bruins game from the press box. Um, Sunday, November 10th, versus the Philadelphia Flyers at TD Garden. As we record this episode 153 on November 9th, the Bruins are still unbeaten at home with a 7 0 one record, while the Flyers are 4 2 one on the road. The Flyers currently sit two points out of the wildcard spot in the Atlantic and have an overall season record of 8-5-2 and are 6-3-1 in the last 10. First game of the year between these two clubs, and uh, the Flyers are on a two-game winning streak. Uh, so that's going to be, should be. Uh, They're
0: finally winning, so. Yeah,
1: it should be uh, an interesting battle. But, with because...
0: Mon- but like Montreal, though, Philly's always interesting because, again, it's like.
1: Very physical. It's like all of
0: a sudden it's 1974 yep. again. And yeah, like, the old South know, Hockey vibe. Yeah, so. Broad
1: Street Bullies. I like it, Bre- yeah. Yeah, big yeah, Bad yeah.
0: Bruins versus the Broad Street Bullies. I love that kind of shit. Me, too. If I wasn't so scared of Philly fans, I would go to Philadelphia and <laughs> you know, watch a game someday. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not scared of you, Philly. You're like our sister city.
1: I like the cheesesteaks. Um, Tuesday, November 12th, uh, versus the uh, Florida Panthers at TD Garden. Um, The Bruins are still perfect, as mentioned, in Boston in front of the hometown Faithful. The uh, suddenly hot Panthers have a 4-2-3 road record, and uh, are 6-1-3 in the last 10 games. The Panthers are one point out of the wildcard spot and have an overall season record of 7-3-5. This is the first... Uh, time that these two teams have seen each other this season, and obviously the first time that we're going to see a Joel Quenville coach team that has uh, former Bruin, Noel Chari on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Brew and Brendan Conley, Brett Conley, Brett Conley. Brett Conley. Brett Conley. So uh, they're a team that I I think that we talked about over they're, the summer yeah. to be one of those teams that are going to be one of the, the high but expectations
0: of of New Jersey new
1: york and then
0: we we picked florida. Florida. <laughs> florida but right but like florida kind of already had some good pieces going they just didn't Tour have and so on. Yeah. first of all coach q is like the bomb i love him like he's just there's just so much about him the way kind of like people there's a few coaches out there that are like that just what he does but that being said watch out for florida now because now that they are finally getting down coach q's system and they're starting to click together like all that money they spent and they did to kind of they they're one of the few organizations who actually went out and got what they needed as opposed to what shiny or what yeah looks good or what could be you know what i mean yep. they went out and got the pieces they needed like nola chari good on him he's having great success down in florida he it's like, sorry we couldn't keep you we don't have the money it's probably because he's hanging out with sean thornton possibly too because he's <laughs> down there um Probably like thorny though he's probably got like a summer cottage up here and he'll come back oh, yeah. up and visit he's still uh, in Charlestown. yeah that's what i mean it's like every even people who they move away they still, still tend to keep back. their residences still here and out. they uh you know actually sean thornton said mm-hmm. once right like that what the why he ended up in florida's thing it's warmer down there than it is up here yeah. kind of and thing right but he still comes you know um he comes up all the time for like the celebrity things but nola charlie's been doing great down like florida has We talk about how sometimes like, well, with Nolichari clearly was financial why we couldn't sign him. He deserved, he needed an upgrade and we could barely give Heinen his upgrade, you know, but he's found a spot in a good system. And I think for Florida, though, I think people forget because Nolachari is a third, fourth line lifer that he has so much experience. He's had, he has so much playoff experience, not just with the Bruins, but other places. So that's good for Florida because they're also a team that has a weird mix of like really young guys and veterans, Uh, a few veterans here and there. So I I think it's going to be fun to watch Florida, just hopefully not on Tuesday, the 12th birthday against us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, hopefully we get a big win.
0: Also, their goaltender, once he gets his...
1: Once he Crafty. gets on his groove, you yeah. know, when Stella gets his groove back, it's, that's when he's good. Because, But lately, it almost he's seems not. like once he got that deal, he wasn't living up to fruition and, and just not playing very well at all. But um, I think it's funny that Florida
0: is going to probably end up the most popular Florida club by the end of the year. <sighs> Ouch. Even you though see? Tampa Bay traditionally has, like, the yeah. fan base. They, yeah. they generally show up. The you King know, of the Mountains, absolutely right? in Florida. But I, always, I, heard, I don't know that's true, but a lot of people say that part of the Florida problem is is just where the fucking stadium is, kind of like the Coyotes. Like, if you put it somewhere where right. people see, would see, actually go to it. Like, in Tampa Bay, yeah. it's in, in Tampa the, yeah, Bay. It's, yeah, it's in the... In Florida, it's
1: outside of Miami.
0: Yeah, and it's in Bay, right? isn't it outside of Glendale or something in Arizona, in too? Arizona, so, right. Like, right. move it a little closer, because these are Pretty good sized spots. Like but I don't
1: believe it or not. Now, now when you talk about Ottawa, yeah, Ottawa being so far uh, in Canada away from yeah. Toronto, which is which is a suburb of Toronto, yeah. they're but like it's still in two, two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, it's still a ways away. But the thing is with uh, the Florida Panthers is they don't care who sits there and yeah. who doesn't. They they they're on revenue share with the with, with the world's leading arena in the world. Mm-hmm. They they sell out everything. Gloria Estefan, if she goes there, if, well, if Yeah,
0: that's Miami. I know. If like if South anybody here. goes
1: down to Miami, which which a lot of people, you know, a lot of you know, famous people live. They'll sell that show out easily and then the Florida Panthers get a revenue share of all the sales after like all like if they do a three show tour. They get a share, so they're not really worried about you know fans and getting things closer. So one of the, the teachers that I used to work with,
0: she her mother and you know her in laws live down there. So on February like New England families do, they head south to visit all the retired family down in the warm regions uh, every year because they like the Bruins. But as you know, we can't you know I guess I guess Toronto is probably the only market that's probably as uh, soul-bleeding it is to be able to get in to watch your team for normal True people. True that. Uh, just there, like, Toronto, I mean that, meaning, like, there's, a, like, Toronto's all suits, Boston's becoming, like, a suit nation, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, well, I mean, luckily there are markets where there's a strong history of hockey, you know what I mean? Like, still think it's funny their basketball team won before their hockey yeah, team won or whatever. But places like that, but they, so they can't afford to go, so every year when they go visit the grandparents, they go to... And just happens to be the Bruins tended to play down there probably because yep. a lot of people are down south for vacation oh, yeah. and stuff. TD Garden and it's funny. She's right. like, it costs for the same amount for one ticket to go see the Boston here. I can go see them for the same price all four of my family members can walk in the <laughs> That's door. Crazy. So That's crazy. There. But Florida should be tough. Sorry. Go ahead. Friday.
1: Uh, yeah. Weekend. So uh, going talking about some colder climates, uh, Friday the 15th. Boston Bruins uh, travel to play the Toronto Maple Leafs on the road at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, the Bruins take on their 4-3-1 road record into Toronto with another tough division battle against the Leafs. Toronto is 6-2-3 and at home this season and sit in second place in the uh, spot in the Atlantic Division with a 9-5-3 overall season record and and 5-3-2 in their last 10 games. The previous game, the season, the Leafs won 4-3 in overtime and on a three-game winning streak. So that's going to be another tough battle. And John
0: Tavares' finger's fine.
1: Yeah, he's back, so we'll see (laughs) what happens with that. Hopefully we take advantage of this. I don't think everyone
0: keeps saying that as if John Tavares is the reason that the Leafs have been kind of having a... Time getting going. I don't think it's just a virus. I'm just no, saying. No, it's just the team. It's, it's too many Chiefs, not enough Indians, yeah. kind of thing. Not, it's not. Please don't send Mark hate mail. I'm not saying <laughs> it in a racist way. It's a saying. Yeah. You know, I think that's the problem. A lot of money, a lot of contracts, a lot of who's leading this team. You know, and yeah, what yeah. is our direction with this team? Like, no one seems
1: to know. Right. But uh, you know, speaking of leading. Uh, the very next night on November 16th, yeah, I see Heather's got a face. She does not like the Capitals. But the Boston Bruins are at home against the Washington Capitals, and they are leading the NHL with a record of 12-2-3 with 27 points, which is a conference, Eastern Conference leading and league leading. Um, and they have an impressive road record, so it's not going to be easy at TD Garden this Saturday. With They have an 8-1-1 record. So the unbeaten home record of the Boston Bruins will certainly be tested on this night. As we record today, the Capitals are 9-0-1 in their last 10 games and on a 5-game winning streak. And that, my friends, wraps up the, the upcoming week's action. From betonline.ag, go to betonline.ag and use CLNS code, use code CLNS50.
0: Okay, I just want to say, for the record, that face is not so much because I hate the Capitals, which of course I do. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love me some Nicholas Backstrom, you know that, I'm all day long. But as m- I made that face because as much as we've been saying the Bruins have come out the gate like a team that should be cup champions but just weren't, Washington is they should have been able to defend that couple a little longer than they did. Yeah. Coming out like, screw this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really let that, after that, all that rat shit we go in the first freaking round. Like, are you kidding me? So they're they're coming out with a vengeance, too. They're they're a good team. I make that face. So I hope that's one of those days that, you know, Brayden Hope is either, like, on point or, like, crying or whatever. And I hope it's a day where just he can't stop a goddamn... (laughs) Wrecking ball, if we sent it at him. Our wrecking ball being David Pasternak, actually. Um, So, who are you most nervous about next week? Washington. Yeah. I mean, because we've only beat them once in the last 15 games We played them or something. I
1: kind of have a feeling that we'll play them well. Um, We won't play them well. I think they'll, because the Boston Bruins generally do not have a very good record against Washington, no matter where it is. And I've been on record and people have said, hey, Mark, I got Lowe's tickets. You want to go? And they're like, who are they playing? The Capitals. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to watch from home. <laughs> and they go look what happens. They lost. No, last year was the first time we beat the Capitals. <laughs> right, right. It was a 1-0 <laughs> like shutout. Yeah. No,
0: yeah. it's the same thing like Montreal. Like, when we beat Montreal, like, it's a big freaking deal. Like, I'm not so Absolutely. mad we lost to Montreal because they normally win. No but how, for but, me,
1: but. repetitively, I just don't want to go see a game that I kind of know they're going to lose. And Washington has had our, our button. Or our number lately. so I would feel better if we were playing
0: the Caps on Friday and Toronto on Saturday. I don't like playing. I think what's yeah. making me more nervous is playing the Caps on the second game of the
1: back-to-back. Good point. But um, even better point so we're going to take a break. We're going to hear from our uh, show sponsor, not our show sponsor, a sponsor, collegehockey.com. So, uh, hockey East, baby. Hockey East is, is flourishing. Oh, yeah.
0: Can I say that out before, you play, before we cut to this? I'm sick of hearing out there. Sorry, John Scott. Love you, but we are not... Massachusetts hockey players are not wusses, okay? I literally watched a Might-Eye game last week where things were happening and like people are elbowing people in the face. Um, sorry, not <laughs> sorry, but although I know that we're traditionally the more finesse players, they're not pussies, so stop it.
1: Yeah. He's, he has a great podcast. Oh, my style, God, I love right? it.
0: Drop in the Gloves, John Scott.
1: Yeah. I don't he care follow, what anybody says. He follows says. me on Twitter. I remember both of them. show follows I'll me on
0: him. Twitter. I'll tell him. Yeah. You tweet him back. You know he's a Bruins fan, say, right? Yeah. yeah. I think he's... Well, I know that he's a I'd love like to get him on. I, I like it. And he's the one, in case it, some of you who may be listening, again, because you may be just more of like, I'm looking at my division kind of people. John Scott's the guy that got elected to the yep. All-Star Game in St. Louis, uh, St. Louis, St. Jose. Yep. A few years ago, um, and it was a big uh, deal. Like, oh, this is a joke about thing. I'm someone... I do like All-Star games, but I'm someone who... That believes that All-Star games aren't for ratings. They're for the fans to vote in who they think should be at the All-Star game. And no matter why that fan base... If you vote enough, I don't care if they vote the water boy onto the bench. As, like, thing. John Scott deserved it because his fan base put enough passion and love behind him to give him a shot... Maybe it started as a whatever the thing was. He but won the first stop. People were so goddamn. I know, and then he ends up having. But people were so de- now. And John Scott again, if you don't know, he, he's kind of the last of he's kind of the last of the Sean Thornton's of yes. the world, like not dirty last boom of kind of player, but like yep. yeah. So, um, but his show, if you don't, it's hilarious, and you just like hot, ha- yeah, and no. uh, I love the way he
1: shits on his interns. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking he
0: cracks me up. What was the one that, like two episodes ago that I just like. He's just, and he's so great too and he's definitely a dude you can tell has five daughters <laughs> just the way he yeah, is like, I, hey, to I hate to be one of those boys that show up for one of his five daughters like yeah. um, can you google dad real quick and just know if this is going to be a good <laughs> idea because he's only 37 and by the time they're dating he's still going to be young enough he can take somebody down
1: no, I'm just kidding alright so with, with that uh, John Scott pump yeah. we're going to huh. uh, take a quick break and uh, come back and, and tell you about some uh, some big news that we just got this week so we'll be right back Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal. David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world. As you guys heard from that collegehockeyinc.com commercial, uh, if you're a child or yourself you're listening, uh, have any questions about college hockey and how to go through the route of getting into college hockey and some of the harder questions that um, might come up that you need some, some answers for. These people are great to, to do it. And, uh, Nate Yule and uh, Brad Schlossman are two great, fantastic people. They have a great podcast. I highly suggest you get on to the College Hockey Inc. podcast as well. So um, we're going to do some uh, milestones, a little early on this one, but we're going to do some milestones, and then we're going to get right into some... um a little bit of decent news.
0: All right. Well, we already talked about Zdeno O'Shar joining the 1500 club, obviously. But that puts him at 21st in NHL history with only Joe Thornton and Patrick Marleau as active NHL players who can still bank games. So, Pretty serious uh, company. That's an all. And he's actually only one of six defensemen in NHL history and the only people ahead of him. You might have heard some of these guys. Uh, the guy right ahead of him is Nicholas Lindstrom with fifteen sixty four. And if Chara stays healthy, he'll pass Lindstrom this year. Easy. Uh, number four, another guy you might have heard of, Ray Bork. I don't know. Oh, one thing. What, do you, what number did he wear? Like 47? Uh, seven. No, just kidding. Was I was seven. joking. You notice how he picked 47 as the alternate. Um, so uh, Ray Bork has sixteen twelve. I was saying to Mark, if... If Sedano Char plays another year, he could very easily pass Bork not only as on the defenseman list, but as right. captaincy of the Bruins. Um, then uh, Larry Murphy has sixteen fifteen. Scotty Stevens, uh, one of my favorites. Yes, I know he was a little dirty a player. It was a different world, and he was tiny, he was and truck. he made the best of it. Uh, number two is Scott Stevens. He's got sixteen thirty five. So Z couldn't beat him this year, but. Uh, two seasons would give it to him. And uh, for those of you who are wondering who number one was, now that I told you all that that you didn't care about, uh, is uh, Chris Jellios. He's 1651, and those are your top six defensemen in games played ever in NHL history. Good on you, Captain Zdeno Chara. So that we talked about that. So good on... Anyways, good back on Z. And again, oh, Montreal, damn, you be classy. Hello. But right on you for that. Um, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure... Krejci has four more to get his 200th goal. Remember, we were talking when he was injured, but he got—he's yep. gotten two since he was back. He's got some assists. I would give my start. Well, of, I would to give my start of the week to David Krejci. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this week is not David Krejci's fault, although he's spent a lot of time in the penalty box this
1: week, and that is not very Krejci-like. Uh, he's getting very aggressive when when people are taking liberties on him lately. Yeah, that, well, because he's, cause getting, he's like, too old that to care. Like, yeah, hey, man, that's enough.
0: <laughs> All right, so um, to fangirl out, Tory Crew, over three hundred points now. Three hundred points in the career. Thank you again. Not bad for a tiny defenseman on on uh, drafted from Michigan State, baby. But um, I think he actually has three oh two now after last night when they changed the goal. Yep. But what am I supposed to know? What am I supposed to know? Everything? Um, <laughs> what else were you saying? Something. There was something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah. So, Marshy is only the fourth player to have multi-five-point games through the first 14 season in a game. I mean, 14 games of a season since the 1986-87 series. Uh, NHL.com, some of you might have seen it. They tweeted it out. Uh, but the only two is... The only three above him are two Lemieux, Mario Lemieux, not Claude Lemieux, obviously. Um, And Wayne Gretzky, so love or hate Brad Marshall. And that's pretty sweet company. Uh, For the record, Thomas Vanek is number five. Uh, I know you're going to ask who's behind him. Thomas Vanek, another guy who's a Bruins killer, always has been, always will be, no matter what jersey he has on his body. And last but not least, Besides mentioning once again, Go Krug, woo! Shout out Krugs, I love you. Melt like you're a good, you're a good couple, kids. Um, uh, David Pasternak joins Bobby Orr as the second player in franchise history to post multi-point game streaks of plus 12 points before the 24th birthday. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Bobby Orr, but yeah,
1: we certainly have. It's pretty
0: good. Uh, pretty good company.
1: We certainly have uh, heard of Bobby Orr, me as being an older gentleman and and, and historian kind of sort of of this Boston Bruins organization. What he's trying
0: to say is he's sick of being in the generation that is a couple years too young (laughs) to have seen Bobby Orr play. Yes, exactly. That's who he's talking about, us kids that came after 70.
1: (laughs) But anyway, the great folks that work with Bobby Orr um, and the curators of his um, Hall of Fame in Parry Sound uh, reached out to us and they want to work with us and, and help um, the Barbier, um name get out and start selling some memorabilia so we thought we would take the opportunity to help uh, the, one of the greatest defense, if not the greatest The defensive. greatest. Let's face it, we're Bruins yeah, fans. Exactly. We all want to say
0: Bobby Orr is the greatest player that ever lived.
1: <laughs> but uh, located in uh, Bobby Orr's hometown of Parry Sound, Ontario, the Bobby Orr Hall of Fame displays Bobby Orr's personal memorabilia and takes visitors through his storied career. Items on display include his Stanley Cup rings, stick used to score the goal, and his locker room, Boston Garden's or fans will love uh, the gift shop in the uh, Bobby Orr hall of fame is offering our black and gold hockey podcast listeners 10% off all online orders at Bobby or hall of slash door by using the code B N G place your order by December 3rd to take delivery for the holidays. Again, that's for halloffame.com slash store promo code BNG at checkout for 10% off all online orders. Promo code does not apply to signed merchandise. Follow them on Facebook to take advantage of their 12 days of Christmas sale from November 22nd to December 3rd. Each day a featured item will be just discounted with store-wide savings on Black Friday. Follow them on Facebook to take advantage of these exclusive deals, folks. This is a great opportunity for both of us and everybody else that wants to, uh, you know, add to their fan cave with some Bobby Ullman uh, memorabilia. Maybe something unique. We all kind of have some of the exactly. same photos and whatever. Yeah, so uh, take advantage of this, folks, and I'm, I'm happy to be working with uh, somebody and, and some, a team that's close to Bobby. So that's uh, kind of a... I it's an know, honor. Hopefully you get to meet him through mm-hmm. uh, through this, um, this connection. So uh, we're happy to work with these guys.
0: This is a place and a website I think all Bruins fans, real true Bruins fans need. Also, Perrystown's not really that far, like if you're in New England, you could...
1: Nope, I heard it's a beautiful part of Ontario, never been there, so, but if Bobby was from there, I should definitely visit there. I'd need to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame too. So. An hour and a half
0: from Buffalo, New
1: York. Exactly. So um, that's it for uh, pretty much everything, all the updates and so on, some topics that we're going to talk about uh, on this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, episode 153. David Pasternak is, like, unbelievably on fire, continues to be, and until he stops this unbelievable streak, I'm not going to stop talking about him. So um, if you want to fast-forward this part, because we've been talking about Pasternak for uh, the past, what, I don't know, five six weeks. If now, you're listening to this podcast and you want to fast forward through
0: sexy ass Pasternak, then you are listening <laughs> to the nasty. wrong hashtag
1: yeah. Pasternak.
0: My running thing is, I think Pasternak is check for a magical.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, um, unbelievable streak. As you mentioned, um, he, he continues to make it happen on the power play and, and and very quickly. These guys don't they don't they don't take any time when it comes to getting him the puck and, and in that certain area, right near the hash marks of the of the circle. That's his wheels that's his wheelhouse. And and I was telling somebody at work that, um, they were asking me why he's so successful there and I was like, Well, if watch video of of Ovechkin And what I've seen a lot more lately is Pasternak's playing the quarterback. Krug's playing the half wall and then mm-hmm. you got your forwards down near near the you know, the Creating chaos in front of the crease and so on. And then you watch a Washington Capitals game and the way that Ovechkin moves. You can see that in the past and act. So it's almost like, and I hate to say that, you know, because Bruce Cassidy wasn't around for the whole, you know, Ovechkin ordeal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, you can actually see that play, that happening. And uh, it's not bad. And, and he's fully taken advantage of it this year. I'm really happy that wrist is all healed up. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think the power play runs better when they do
0: pull Tory Krug onto the half wall. Like, I, do, I just. No, well, sure. I like the shift. They have different things, but I think it does it draws because when you leave him out at the point, it's like everyone else is just looking to see what past Jack, Marshawn, Pergeron, you know, Debrusque, whoever's out there. It's been Debrusque lately, but. Um, but when Tory Krug is low, like, they. It seems to me that it's almost like it, it's harder for them to defend against the power play. Where in the other way, it's just pitch, 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 right. pitch. Like you said, this creates everyone more moving within that play. I think is you good cycle for better. You know, Thank you. I couldn't think of the words. So. That's you right. know what I mean? I just yeah. Think no, everyone I mean, moves in a different way, and it's almost a tighter way than the pitch, pitch, pitch. Okay, back, pitch, pitch, pitch to point,
1: pitch, pitch. You know. Yeah, it's crazy, and it just keeps doing it. And he's looks like he's having a blast. Um, again, Pasta and,
0: loves it. He doesn't do it for the money.
1: I mean, Absolutely. 30 points in 15 games. He's well over two points a game pace. I mean, that's an he average. He's number one on the Hart Trophy voting right oh, now. Oh, easily. 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 I wish I had a vote. I'm going to give him the Hart Trophy right now. I wish I was part of the PWHA. Someday. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> Until then, we can just have our own votes in our own head and cast our own votes. But Absolutely.
1: Passes on fire. Moving on to the next topic, uh, is Jake DeRusk, uh, injury news. It's a low body. Uh, I saw that happen, and I, I forget the game right now, but I do remember that he was going to the net and kind of got hit. Feet kind of got taken out of him. I wonder if he landed awkwardly. Obviously, it's a lower body, so, yeah, that could be a very good point. which wish I remember the game now. But um, even though that he's been struggling to start the year, he's lately – been picking it up so this is kind of an unfortunate thing to uh, get him out of the lineup but it creates opportunities for some younger players too um especially like pia Alaric who uh, got called up or just seems to be called up every every five yeah, hours about P.S. yeah i know i know but although he had better numbers than the whole top line last night. Yeah, well, that's pretty that's pretty sad. Um, but no, he. I mean, he. That w- what a great look. Uh, actually, I got to shout out uh, at Berwin's network because he worded this out perfectly when PSLR, before the PSLR goal happened, he laid it all out in text, and it was, like, so easy to read. It was like, oh, yeah. What I what I paid attention to on that play was just where he was, the open space that he had and the time to give it to Krejci. Before that, he he gave me a really good detail of what was going on. It was spot on, but he just he lost the puck. He he was going just a little too far and then kind of lost possession, but it was the way he came back and created that impact of getting the turnover to get it to and then go to the board and and then slide it right to the hash marks, the you for the goal. Okay, uh, I'm thinking. Oh, good. I'm not saying you, he's gonna turn turned a it over
0: instead of got turned over, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, and uh, what did I write down? Kill me, Solaric on the second line. Nothing against you, Peter Solaric. Uh, and I understand Jake Dabrowski's hurt, but I would have rather see you shove Anders Bjork up there and see what he could do. Uh, I guess that answers... Oh, and by the way, your boy De- Zach Shenishin, uh they held the pressure in the Bell Center pretty good the other day, right? Certainly did. I think I said that last week, right? I'd like to see what, especially Sennishin, how he handles that kind of pressure. Parker, that's the Bell Center in a Bruins-Montreal game. Um, I have a feeling I'd be uncomfortable in that building, even if my sure. team wasn't playing. That's there. a lot it's of pressure. A lot of pressure. And he's an um, Ottawa
1: guy too, so he kind of yeah. knows that what's going on in, in the uh, in Montreal area when it comes but, to hockey. Um, I'm not trying to take away from Peter Salarik. Good. Uh... No, I mean he's got his ups and downs. He's got he's got to learn it, and he's got to, This is the time that he's got to get it. And and if you don't get it, the next time that you come up here on a on a um, on a reward because you've done well in the AHL. This might be your last time. Honestly, the, the waiver process is going to be in effect sooner or later when he goes down to Providence. And I still believe that he has a better opportunity to be NHL now somewhere else. But this also might be, I don't know if you're looking at me like you kind of going fascinated. there. But this also, the next call up as a reward that he gets, and that was the air quotes, folks, um, might be to show him in a trade. I definitely think
0: that Solarik will be moved at the trade deadline as part of a package. I'm convinced of it. Uh, I think yesterday, you know, whatever. Uh, he he has no business being on the second line ever. I don't care if he gets up. I thought it was interesting because I honestly don't think Bruce Cassidy likes him as a player. Maybe, not saying as a person. I'm sure he's a very lovely person. But uh, how many... I think it's funny in this organization how certain players, like a Solarik get... 500 million chances, right, to still not, you know, what? so you had a good game, okay, like I'm not, I don't think he should ever be on the second line, I think it's kind of funny he would have slaughtered him that high, yeah. because honestly, wouldn't you have put a Bjork there or someone, I feel like plays better in Cassidy's system, and uh, has been looking good this week when a lot of the veterans are like, yeah, it wasn't the young kids weren't the problem this week. Necessarily. Yeah, but oh boy.
1: It says Bjork coil, you know? Mm.
0: But what I mean is Solaric does not pan. I get not because I don't think he's a good player, yeah. but what, for whatever reason. So good that you that, didn't turn it over and you got the turnover
1: this time. I kind of so, think that Bruce does that whole, like you're, you're from close to my country and, and I'm from this part of the country. You know, that, you know, there's some kind of familiarity that they can talk to maybe. each other, whatever.
0: Like I, there's a Boston bias, maybe our coach has it. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: something like that. But, uh, you know, it is. I them. I honestly wanted to see something flipped. Like uh, the other night when they put Heinen and Senishin. See, I'm still, I still get wood when I think about... You love that. ...coil. Yeah, I do, but... I'd also like to see him on a better line to expose his his skills. Okay, I really liked what I saw in that preseason game of Bjork, Coyle, and Heinen. I mean, it was it was that was great. And I, the sinishin thing, yeah, that's fine. He looked good, and he has looked good in his in his call ups. He's very. It's it's something I haven't seen in the AHL. He's more defensive-minded as a as a forward. I'm not saying he's a full two-way forward right now, but he is that type of player that is is really showing something that I haven't seen in the
0: AHL. Well, I think this goes back to what we talked about when we talked about the prospects of summer. Is that <clears throat> Senishin? The god that guy has had his name said about a million different ways. of sideways trash, right. bust, right. It's like I on. think but we talked about with him he's you know why he's not a bust is because he's done exactly what they've asked him to do. Keep plugging along, keep learning and growing. We talked about how he had been on what was it, the skate pod I can't remember. Yep. Yep. talked about interview. what he's worked on and what he's doing is exactly what a player who wants to be permanently moved up does to really get a look. You can get all the looks you want, but you want them to stick in your head. It's kind of like if you're in a competition, you always want to be the first or the last because those are the two that are set in the standard, do you know what I mean, of everything in between. He is doing what they want him to do. He's using, I guess, for example, Peter Solark has not always used his looks to the greatest advantage. They've actually kind of bitch slapped him a few times. Uh, and even when anybody else around him was playing poorly, still, you're the Kid that's going to get that heat You know what I mean Like no one's going to Bitch slap Bargy about it They're going to bitch slap you though For your million turnovers And whatever Right Seneshan's doing Kind of learning the lesson Of like And When I am being looked at be memorable yeah. because I know I'm not going to be up here probably. I mean, I get so many games till someone healthy who's going to contractually be up here and I go back down. But yeah. while I'm up here, make the most of the moment. And I don't think that prospects do that necessarily, not just ours, but generally And enough. Like, I don't know where the, me- you know, sometimes, and you take into consideration, you know, nerves do whatever. It's a totally different ball game, you know, but... I think Senators is doing exactly what he's Just like Bjork, since he's been up when Krejci went good. he has been playing. He hasn't been perfect, but there are games where he looks like he should be there. Yeah. And that's what you want to see from a prospect. You don't expect them to be. I don't expect you to be Jake DeBrusque. I expect you, though, Peter Salai. And again, Jake DeBrusque is a play. You never know what you're going to get with him. We seem to have that with our left wings. Like right wings, we never know who's going to be there or where you they're going to go. and got plenty of them. Right. Well, all I could think this week when we started shutting down was, like, please, God, pasta, don't shut down, too, because if we lose pasta into pasteland, Land, we might not see him until the end of December. He'll be out there just kind of fiddle-sticking the puck around. say that. No, but the young kids have looked good.
1: Well, basically, that just clears up one of our whole topics. What about
0: Cameron Hughes? How do you think he looked? He, I know he hasn't thought, got a lot.
1: I him. thought Cameron Hughes looked good. Um, I mean, did he make an impact in that game? I I could see one you know with his tenacious little forecheck check when he was given the availability, but i mean his time his his time was was really um limited and managed uh to what I expected of a first time you know I think he got a taste i think it'll he'll go down to providence i'm I'm looking forward to talking to him tomorrow afternoon. I really want to get his opinion on um the experience he got uh with with players like bergie and so on because uh they did sit down and talk and so on, and, and you heard it from, um, I can't even say it, is it Yerskovich? the girl? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't, I, I from her uh, on the uh, Bruins, um, uh, the Nesson um, Life, right? female commentator that took over for Alex Kramer, um, her name just got, got in my head and I got tongue-tied. But, uh, no, I, I mean, I look forward to talking to him and seeing what his experience in the whole thing was and what he needs to do down in Providence to work harder to get another opportunity.
0: I feel like, I only asked you because I feel like he's one of the prospects that gets lost in the shuffle. Like, he doesn't have a cool name. And he you know, hard like it, you know Hughes. He, what
1: are you talking about?
0: Yeah, well that's what I mean though, is that like I mean, there's so many not many no like matter drafted, what Zach Sennishin does, he has a name that's it's like yeah. Matt Greslick's name. You might not remember like, What's that kid? Greslick, something but it's like a memorable thing story. But Hughes like Cameron Hughes the kind of he's a he's plugging along down there, but he doesn't get as much attention as like like all during training camp, Oscar seen this. Oscar. I haven't even seen Oscar seen yet. Okay, I,
1: honest to God, yeah. if you want some a little bit of prospect news right now, and we'll really? talk about this in the uh, in the prospect podcast uh, coming out on t- Tuesday with Tim Richardson and I. Um, not not overly thrilled with what I've seen from Oscar Steen or Pavel Shen, um, and and maybe a couple others that. Um, had
0: so much smoke blowing up around. Yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, you know, it's just. We need to stop hyping people up. I know they're coming from European countries and so on. Ice is bigger and so on. They come down to the North American stuff. It's it's tighter. The game is just more de- uh, uh, defensive than it is offensive over there. So there's adjustments to be made, but I, I just hope hopefully it's coming soon because yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not really seeing anything that's blowing me away. Uh, also, Yerhovak Yerho Ainen, the f- forward. Uh, 2018 first round pick, I yeah. believe, and then it was Stuka or, or yeah Studnika yeah. in the second round after. Um, not impressed. He's not doing much for me at all. I kind of c- curious as to if the concussion kind of thing from last year is lingering on to a, a, a longer process. I don't want to I am speculating here. I, I have no official word that that's happening, but um, a, a highly taught defenseman like him at his age and where he was picked. I, I believe that I'd see a little bit more in his second professional season. So. Well, and we're talk, we've been talking about maybe
0: pulling him up.
1: Like Yeah, well, those are the stat watches, yeah. the fan guys from last year. They're like, well, this guy's ripping up the AHL as a defenseman. Why isn't he up here?
0: But even when he's been up, like at camp, he's always had good camps in yep. the last couple. No, even he, we went and saw him
1: that. He shows uh, a very good individual effort yeah. when you go to development. Because I remember here.
0: seeing We went to development. I didn't get to go this year, but the year before yep. when we saw him when he was first you know yeah when
1: when you do when you do an individual drill i I was
0: like damn that guy's huge yeah yeah you know you
1: you know as 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 a a hockey mom and so on the the drills and so on it's very very individual so you can express you can really go off and show your skill on that but when you get matched up with an opponent across you that game is totally different it gets faster it gets meaner and and what i'm seeing in his development since he's been drafted and left the podium I'm not seeing it here. Now, would he is he the type of defenseman that would benefit and develop a little better by going home for a year or two under his entry-level contract, which can slide? So you can send him like, like I believe. No, I'm wrong on the Yakuza, Jakovs Baka Carlson. That might be able to slide over, but that could be wrong. I have to look into that. Do you think he might not be? Because every now and then
0: there are people who actually benefit from being pulled up more and getting more where he is yeah, def- the thing, now. On yeah. one thing, defensemen do take longer to develop. That yeah, sure, is that. But sure. it sounds to me like you're saying you feel like he's kind of um, whether it might be medical or not. We don't. You don't know. But mm. like he seems to have kind of hit a rut. Like he's not really moving forward. He's kind of staying right where he is. When
1: you try to think about what I'm talking about, is like if you look at the depth and how how the pieces have been moved. Okay, mm-hmm. so Connor Clifton, who was a free agent signing out of Quinnipi- uh,
0: uh, Quinnipiac,
1: yeah, he went to Quinnipiac, but he, he didn't sign with the Arizona Coyotes. Signed a free agent deal with the with the AHL Bruins only, not on an NHL two way, mm-hmm. and then worked his way up through there. This guy is a first round pick. Not I'm not judging or scu- or doing anything to the scouting staff that the Boston Bruins have. I'm just saying that there's something wrong, and he's just out of place. Eurovac and I, and that's the that's the play I'm talking about. So, you know, and uh, you know, it's just he's getting just seems like he's getting overpassed because of uh, other players doing better things. So we talked about that. We're at a
0: point where some of these yeah. kids in the system, like it's shit. i get off the pot time because people are moving forward, whether you are or not. And at some point, you might have to just be like again, like, nothing against Peter Solarek you're a decent player but i feel like you'd be better sure. maybe in a different system or whatever and help you grow too because you don't want to hold on to these kids too long too so it gets to a point where in that they're weird like middle of their career where they're going to spend their whole career going up and down because they never really got to go up or stay down you know and right nothing wrong with that but all right that's the young kids wrap up for the prospect wraps up
1: yeah so um i wanted to jump on something else um Matt Kalman and Ken Laird on the Skate Podcast, Wei Production, um, was to, had a talk with Cam Neely, and I thought it was a very interesting discussion. But I I wanted to grab a, a paragraph that um, one of the writers wrote about the podcast, and uh, and I grabbed this one. And Cam Neely was talking about players that um, are loved in this in this town and are very well valued, but. There's a time and a place that they're going to be, unfortunately, thought of on the trade market. And what can we get to build on our future? Um, and you got to think about situations like that with, with David Krejci having one more season under contract. Um, is his value more now to trade him and get assets back or having him walk? So that's something that's going to be happening uh, certainly after this summer. So, But... Um, Kim Neely said there's no question you end up falling in love with your players when you have success so you have to take the emotion out of it and say okay what is best for the club there are hard decisions because they are humans they have families and they have lives and you recognize that especially with Milan Lucic who unfortunately not playing right now little fist in the face um it's just uh, he loved being a Boston Bruin, and he loved living in Boston. Neely said, he loved playing here. That was a very difficult decision for us, uh, but we felt it was the right one to make. So, and there's so many fans that came out uh, and jumped on my case because I said, don't be surprised if, if, um, if Milan Lucic is moved because he he was under that one year tag that he could. Gain value, um, so. Are um, you about to ask the, the whole thing. If I'm cry no, no, but no. The whole thing is is, you know, don't get attached because uh, you know when I said that, people came back and said, "You're such a you're bullshit. You don't know nothing. You're nobody." Um, Don Sweeney already said that he's not going to trade Milan Lucic. Well, guess what? Two weeks later, he traded him. <laughs> yeah, literally two weeks later, at the before the draft, he traded him, and I just went back to those people. and I'm like, see. <laughs>
0: I think when Lucic left, though, that was also part of how... It was he, cap he was thing. Well, and he was struggling. Like, he yeah. was not... His first four years were the best. His yeah.
1: last four, I could...
0: Uh,
1: I would have traded him back but then. But he's
0: also the style of player that was struggling to find what their role and place was in this new, new NHL, right? Because his role basically was to the first few years he was here he was a horrendous skater but his job is basically to fucking stand up right that that was his job no one's looking to lucic to be a 20 goal scorer kind of forward like you know like that's not his wheelhouse it never has been it's not what it but he's a player that i think is age was aging out of the particular even when it was still claude julian's system was aging out of the system because as much as people like to pretend like Claude Julien was a dinosaur it wasn't as if he wasn't trying to implement some of the newer things it's just when you've been a coach for all these years and the system is still working itself out not just like the system you're trying to implement in your club but literally the NHL is trying to figure out its rules it's regulate the type of players they're sending it you know I don't think Milan as much as you loved him or whatever and He's never really been back to that first. Even his bad years on the Bruins kind of place. He's had a couple great moments, you know what I mean? He's had his
1: time. When he beat Um, the crap out of Mike Komasarik when me and Courtney were there. That was awesome. That was so awesome. Um I still can see him checking that dude
0: and the glass just shattering. Like, oh, and Van it Ryan. wasn't even that bad. It was like a, just Van a Ryan. solid white, right, kind of like the way. And you look at
1: his face like, oh, dude, that really happened?
0: I, need, yeah. I hardly hit you. Yeah. like I, But to be fair, <laughs> he, he glass, did. He did just, he didn't bump him as hard as he normally hit people too. Right. That was kind of the ironic right. thing is he did just bump him at that. No, right he, he had him.
1: that body style. He could
0: drive through. Well, he's oh, a moose. He's yeah, like a he giant a moose. moose. He used to skate like a moose too. But, um. So who David Crazy would be a hard one for me, because I almost feel like if you're not going to sign him, he deserves better than to be traded and he almost deserves to be able to walk because what you at least get seven mil gone off your calorie you know yeah, calories, your calorie sap, your salary cap. because um, he has been here so long since he was a baby, right like all of them, they're getting older, they're moving you know um. So, like, he's a particular guy that I would be hard-pressed to not just... I feel almost like he deserves to walk or get at least a year extension to decide what he wants to do.
1: So, who gets traded? Tory Krug or or, uh,
0: David Krejci? Well, David Krejci is worth more money, so... He would be probably gone first. Also, I don't know. Because it's hard to figure out what David Krejci would be... His value would be worth on... For an extension you know what i mean like it's hard to he's a strange player where his comparatives are kind of the people who took less money this whole time around him you know what i mean as opposed to these young kids who're looking oh he got eight mil you know this and that it's hard to say but if i'm gonna say in order to sign tory krug who's younger and plays a totally different kind of role on the team I'm gonna say Krejci to free up space and Krug if you could sign him for a little more but that's partly too because Tori Krug's a few years younger and he's a totally different role you can't you know comparing obviously Krejci and Berger on contracts or what they would do is different but I think right now that and I, I feel I almost feel guilty saying this about Krejci. because like I said I feel like he's like the silent giant on the team that nobody he's not flashy he's not you know he's just as long as he's healthy man he just plugs look at him he's he was out he, half the big top of the first couple of weeks there and he's come back with a vengeance but I think for the team to be successful now Tory Krug is a more important piece
1: all right before we take a quick break and uh, hear from the uh, store next door the great people in Yarmouth Nova Scotia doing great things for special people everybody gets a check it's awesome Uh, especially they make some unbelievable hockey products it's so uh, i mean great great time for the holidays if you guys want to get any any stuff ready for summertime that's hockey related they break they get wooden sticks uh um, composite sticks and they make furniture out of it so it's it's an unbelievable thing but um we're going to take a break and hear from them right now
2: there's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time.
1: back uh great people at the store next door check them out holidays are coming buy something from them it goes to a great cause um but let's wrap up with a couple few topics uh steven camphor dressed for the game against the red wings and was not played one minute of that game i was not happy with that and it's not about how steven camphor is as a player but it is is the fact is that um i'm, I'm pulling out bruce cassidy and 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 burn me at the stake if you if you want but i believe that o- over shifting his players throughout that just because you don't want to play a defenseman at forward well you had options other elsewhere if you didn't feel comfortable with camp for at forward you could have put clifton at forward and i'm sorry i'm gonna jump on your your parade you could put tory krug at forward so he had plenty of options just to not go with 11 forwards and stuff. And, uh, you know, so I don't know. I, I, I wasn't thrilled by that. I think Camper would have been used a little more to... Um, he could have helped the situation a little bit. Yeah, I mean, why are you double shifting? Coil was going everywhere. I was telling Courtney last night, I'm like, look at these, look at these line combinations on Twitter. You got coil and so on for this many minutes, then you got coil on the right wing for this many minutes, and you got coil on this line for that many minutes. And Camphor wasn't even played. Uh, you know, I, I just didn't get it.
0: You know I I'm going to totally agree with you and you know, and you know I'm not a steep person rest. Thing. I think that there's a we've talked about this though. Like I'm not a Camphor person Person, He's not going to be my first choice, but, but he gets paid for a reason yeah. because when he does play in move. that game or two. He moves pretty well. He knows the system.
2: Yep.
0: He tends to be impactful when he's there, even, even if the points don't show it. His plus minus is usually good, meaning he's helping. He's not hurting necessarily. He's seems weird to me when we had that many young kids on the ice last night. That you wouldn't have played your veteran because camp- steve camper is kind of a veteran in the league at this I point he's got so. enough right I like, believe so. he's not well, i don't mean to say veteran like he's old he's had this t- but like he's got enough experience there's a reason why he's on this contract and you're playing him that money yep. you know like there's a reason he got paid before they went out and got a brought richie and a whoever um and I, I this goes back to what i say about bruce cassidy and these one of the things, and we can all we all can love a, you know whatever I like him. I think he's a good coach. But when he does weird fucking things like this, it befuddles me. You help. So for last night especially, I'm going to say Bruce Cassidy contributed to the loss by doing some of these asinine line combo, moving. To, we talked about this. Like, I'm all for changing up when you need to, but changing it up too much also doesn't help the situation because it's no true. one can settle in. That's true. And it befuddles me with as defensively shit show we've been this week why you wouldn't have moved like you said one of the fat? if you had to move one of those puck moving defensemen up forward and put Camphor back there because right. he's a decent defensive defenseman
1: or well, utilize Camphor on those front lines to yeah. give somebody rest
0: well i could see more <laughs> yeah well yeah. that's what i mean i just it's it crazy. does befuddle me that peter solaric yeah, and as he not saying he did not have you yeah. know whatever he got but camphor who has been effective for you and the you know what i mean why that scene it's just we've gone to this too we've said i've said this before too part of it is that bruce cassidy is still growing as a big-time coach like we're joking like during the playoffs it's his first playoff series this deep too like you know what i mean kind of thing like that's shit like that where i'm like Cassidy. it's like oh days monday through friday your brain is like a solid 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 hockey brain and then on Friday versus Detroit, that's when we're going to do this experiment. No. You don't do this experiment Because at no point were we in control of that game. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Sorry. Speaking of um, no control. that um, mouth. <laughs> sorry. The Halak Rask um, thing for me is a little rough. I think... Uh, with the demons that uh, Rask has had against Montreal, I think that that should have warranted him to start against Pittsburgh. And you know, Halak's got some unfinished business to do, and when Montreal being a former player there too, and Carey Price's backup. So you know, I kind of didn't like that whole thing, and and the outcome of both games wasn't shocking to me, honestly. Uh, going into it, I, w- I was, had the expectations at, of a W, two points, absolutely, regardless of fashion. But I just didn't, I, I don't know. I, I kind of saw it coming. I'm like, oh, this is going to be one of those freaking games. And, I thought Yara would
0: be a net. Yeah. If anything, there's something about playing Montreal that makes Tuka's brain just, it's not because I think he's scared or it's just something yeah. he can't, no matter what incarnation is. And it could be. If we were playing in Boston for a home game, maybe. But putting him in the Bell Center was like setting him up, especially after this Monday was like, hmm, yeah. struggling. You know what I mean? And yeah. okay. I just, I agree with you. Like, I, I feel like if you want to keep Tuca comfortable, putting him in the, that Bell Center is probably not the best way to do it.
1: And, and following up on that, we did have one... Um, a mailbag question, black and gold hockey mailbag question from Darren Burris. If you could get a solid second line right wing from Halak, would you make the deal?
2: Mm. <laughs> this is
1: Darren. I've been thinking Darren. about this one for a while, but Why are you going to make my head hurt, kid? That's
0: not a question. No, thank you, Darren. Uh, I'm going to say no because I do think there's a few of these young kids who could end up being in that role. Not the Brett Ritchie's of the world, but like...
1: No, you're believing in the, the organizational or thing, and I, take, I respect Well, that. I
0: have to because I would have traded some of these young kids away and gone away with them to get that person years ago, but no one would let me. So now I have to see if Anders Bjork is going to end up well, being the right wing. I mean, I know they want to play him left side. That's his natural
1: side. For, for me, I'm going to look at it from multiple angles. Is is not one-on-one. It's not going to be a one-halot trade for a right winger, no, sc- yeah. scoring right winger. And if they do this, they have to do it on a position of power that this player is actually... Doing good. Well, not so liking the coil thing so far. I am. I'm eating. I'm eating crow. All right. I know
0: you've been choking it down.
1: For I a am. Of I'm year. choking. It's still alive. It's like ah in my throat. But I don't want to see that happen. So, like the idea of the Bruins going and looking at LA Kings to Foley. Like I like that idea. I would love to see Tyler to Foley on the right side with David Krejci. But. I mean, is he exactly lighting it up right now to, like, show his case that, hey, guys, look at me, and I want to be traded, mm-hmm. you know? Well, so, to be fair, everyone wants to be traded out of L.A. right now. I, like, think, I think that if anything happens with a trade like that, if you want a right-wing center, a, a, right, a right-winger, sorry, wow, and you want to get Halak involved, or that is your leverage, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be him probably a prospect and a pick, for a right winger, yeah, so, I, and for enough. me, it
0: also be like who the player is, like because I'm yeah. not someone who thinks. I think that one thing that makes the Bruins a solid organization is they know how to, and Don Sweeney has shown this, but like it's kind of to, we tend to be able to find those middle range players where we benefit by getting two middle rangers as opposed to a very shiny big name kind of right wing. If it's going to happen, I want more than just a right wing in return. Because, like you said, you're going to have to give up more than just Halak to get a decent right wing anyway. You know, like a competitive, like, I you agree. know. I agree. I uh, agree. So, for me, I guess it'd be more like, show me the money. Because if it's, like, bullshit where I'm getting rid of Halak, Krejci, and even Peter Solaric and I'm getting a 31-year-old right, no, fuck off, I'd rather keep, you know what I mean, like Yarrow or Krejci or whoever would have to go to make that happen. Wouldn't that be the irony, though? We'll trade David Krejci to get a second-line right winger. No, I'm
1: just kidding. That's an interesting,
0: thank you, Darren, that was a good question. I wouldn't
1: want to hear Boston uh, in that situation, but um, why don't you take the floor for a moment? All right,
0: I just wanted to, in case you haven't heard, and we talked about this, that the Bruins are starting next season, First, the Nashville Predators in O2 Arena in Prague, the Czech Republic. Prague is one of my favorite places in the world. I've been lucky enough to go to. If you ever go to Prague, it's more than just the clock. I also, heard the it's clock's great pretty country. awesome. That was my first medieval torture museum I went to when I was there. It was awesome. I saw a real Iron Maiden. Like, not just the band, but like, I know, got I inside that, like, whoa, I can't <laughs> imagine. Okay. Uh, And some other lovely tools. But anyways, Prague's a really cool city, so that'll be fun. Also, David Krejci and David Pasternak. Not Zdenocharo, who's Slovakian people out there. who keep wanting to call him. Sorry, I don't mean to yell, so just yelled and yells here. But (laughs) even though it was one country when Zdenocharo was born, is it indeed for most of his life since he was a boy? Been to different countries, but close enough. Uh, And they're going to open training camp. They're going to do training camp in um, Mainheim, in Germany and they're going to play Adler Mayhem as like a preseason game yep. two, leading up to it.
1: Yep. Mannheim does uh, a great uh, German league in DEL.
0: I got to be honest. I am not someone who thinks that we need the NHL in China, especially China. I don't, I'm just saying if it's a bitchy enough flight between maybe London, because you can argue that it's the same distance to LA from Boston, but see, Jesus, as if the West Coast team, like, can you imagine if they brought a team to London? how screwed like the teams like winnipeg and arizona who kind of in the middle of the time zones get screwed enough imagine how screwed they're going to be when they have to go to london to play
1: um so i'm not that person how about about taking a home game away from that schedule Mm. that's not that's not too pleasant with the uh the nhl bruins folk uh, i hear especially season ticket holders because one game is taken away from the boston bruins and one game is going to be taken away from the nashville predators yeah so What's, you're going to be able to hear it from both sides when it comes down to an nhl freaking conversation. Yeah.
0: Which is funny because one of them has to be the home and away team. So why would they both yeah. be, you know? Right. And last, didn't last year they had them do, like, back-to-back games well, last when they year, were in Prague. The, so, like, each Oh, team... I, I didn't
1: know about that. No, that. I
0: mean, not Prague. Where were they last year?
1: But China was preseason. This is regular season. Oh, yeah, season. that's
0: right. Hmm. What I like about this, like... Uh, I do want to grow the game, okay? I'm it's sure. not that I'm I don't big think fan. it's in, like, Asia and Southwest Asia. I do think that they are. The things that bother me is that I do, I, it's funny because I actually like this better because the whole team will be together. Yeah. When we were in China and it was split, in like, squad, yeah. that didn't help at the beginning of last season kind of bonding. So, on one hand, I kind of like that it it counts for something. So, cool. when someone gets injured or thing whatever, like, you, it counts towards something. I just think it's stupid that both teams can be the home and away game at the they, so they should play two games like yeah. if you're going to be that far away do one home and one and away for each team yep. that way everything still stays even i feel more comfortable though with the wasting and i'm not saying wasting i don't mean to just say that way for the you like go grow the game man i want to see hockey in antarctica where 85 people live <laughs> mostly scientists and penguins i like that they're going to I think it's more important for them to go to a market like Prague, which is a hockey market in Europe or in Russia and, you know, whatever. I'm not saying maybe leading up to the Olympics you don't go to Japan or China or wherever the Olympics are going to be, which is probably part of what the obsession... But, like, the logistics... It's like the NFL keeps saying they want to have a team in Mexico City. Why would you want a team? When you play games there, you have to hold your players up in the hotel so no one gets killed. It's not because Mexico City is a fine thing, but just it's a lot more dangerous and you can't control it the way that you can control yeah, it in the
1: environment outside the stadium right you know, it's, it's not
0: because it's a lovely I mean that city's been sitting there since it was an Aztec city of a long time since Tecno I can't remember what it used to be ah. called before it was Mexico City but anyways that's the exciting news we're opening up in Prague they can stay at home, but I personally would prefer they keep it in traditional hockey markets and have different kinds of ways to grow the game at special moments during the summer. Why can't they get no, a get a point. volunteer or thirty players to go and play or whatever else? Okay, that's so that's that. What else this week? Oh yeah, I have this week. I can I just say, and I want you to pick one thing. I need to see more from Sean Corrali this week. Sure. That's my one thing this week. Besides this like game. I'd like defense and offense to do their jobs, right? I just we like we were talking about it's not so much about points or whatever, it's for me. He just looks off like he's not driving play the way he can yeah. and usually does. So. Using his body that's that.
1: Anything else that you would like to see this week before I leave this? Leave I'd like, this like to here. see a win. I want to see a win. I want to see this team get back to where it was. To Previously open. to this week, uh, and that includes the the Detroit game, the Montreal game, and even the Pittsburgh game, when they did get a two points. And I get it, I, two points is two points, and it's good, but it was an ugly two points. The Pittsburgh game was just a continuation of that Ottawa game of like, yeah, you're
0: I, winning this game, but I just want to mm. see this
1: team get back on track offensively and so on. It's just it it means you can't do this. This was this was like you're riding the high horse and somebody just came in and stopped in front of you and you got bucked off. See I'm someone who believes you learn more from failure than sure. success. So But I I was, think you're right. I was They're... on that mentality too on the on the okay, listen, the, the Pittsburgh game and the and the Montreal game, you were coming off of three games in four nights, but you had two days to rest. That Montreal I mean that, that uh, Detroit game, that should have been a win. No, no, no. Detroit but. should have been a win. Montreal should have been a win and could have been a win. But like Jack and Brick said last night, that's the type of team that needed something like that to change their fortunes around. True. So, I think it's just... I don't think
0: it's just this week. They've had a pretty packed schedule. They've had a couple back-to-backs yep. already. And I think it's just cumulative. Like, when you fucking power like you're a high accelerate train for the first five weeks at some point you are going to hit the train that's running yeah. just as hard and fast at you or even if they're not running it fast Great. they might be just running fast enough and also just like obviously people are watching tape like you have to figure and I was actually last night I was like you fucking kidding me the Jesus. first team in two years that's going to figure sorry figure that's out the first line is going to be the Detroit Red Wings on a Friday night in Detroit right. at the Caesar Center alright so that's that and I just wanted to uh, Ken underscore Barr wrote us a lovely
1: review nice uh, what did Ken Barr he said Say, I that he loves I this show he I follows watch. me on twitter
0: does he yeah. well he said thanks guys for another awesome show I don't know how you hold down a full time job while digesting processing and reporting all this information related to our Bruins and the sport in general keep up the good work why thank you I don't really do anything but come here and offer actually Ken's this. a
1: Facebook uh, follower well That's thanks right. Ken
0: for following the Facebook <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ken thank you very much for the support man I really appreciate it um, and to wrap up this long show we're very sorry about that. Wow, it's just, this is a good good discussion that just went on and on, so um, we have to uh, honor our Patreon member uh, and that is Ch- hopefully I say this right, Chad He is a new Patreon member, thank you very much Chad for your contributions we really appreciate that, and if you want to get involved in a t-shirt giveaway from Fanatics our advertising partner at fanatics.com um, go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast donate a dollar for show and then you get eligible into winning uh, or to be eligible to win a t-shirt. sorry uh babbling here because what happens when we talk this long about i know that being said
0: one more time please i would be very thankful on this month of thanksgiving if you would go give some uh five-star ratings to the thing leave a. Uh, Leave a review if you can, but just give us three, three seconds. It's not that hard to click the little star. Absolutely. You don't even have to do it, but you can harass your friends and family too. So
1: That would be much, much appreciated if you did that, and your family would love you. Um, also want to give a shout out to all the American veterans. We are celebrating uh, Veterans Day November 11th this Monday, um, and Carrie Young will be covering the Providence Bruins from the press box. Our own Carrie Young from the blackandgoldhockey.com website will be there. And I'll be there tomorrow, Sunday, covering the Providence Bruins from the media section. So uh, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for a new Black and Gold Hockey Prospects podcast coming out this week with Tim Richardson. Um, but thank you very much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. Uh, your contributions, support, and uh, um availability uh, availability to share our content has been nothing but uh overwhelming to say the least so thank you very much and uh, we will talk soon yeah
0: thank you veterans thanks again for listening to and supporting black and gold hockey podcast